Hey loves, it's been quite some time that I've been gone, but it's not a bad thing. Um, I knew that my next um, episode was going to be about boundaries. And so in order for me to accurately speak on this, um, not only did Ruach HaKodesh have to show me how to set boundaries, but how to enforce those boundaries. Um, I was never one to set boundaries in my past. I was too trusting, naive, and <laughs> quite frankly, delusional when it came to people. But recently, Ruach HaKodesh has taught me that setting boundaries is very necessary <laughs> because it's actually me guarding my heart and the Sefer, the Bible tells us to guard our hearts. So yeah, boundaries. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. So um, very recently I've learned to set boundaries, but setting boundaries can get a bit tricky. <laughs> so there's a difference between healthy boundaries and fear and unfortunately a lot of us tend to go towards the fear aspect or the side of it instead of the healthy side of it and it's not without understanding because you know there have been a lot of traumatic things that have happened to us in our lives but that is what the enemy is banking on that we will just bottle up like little hermits in fear and just close ourselves off. But the problem with that is when we close ourselves off to other people, we're not just closing ourselves off to other people. We're also closing ourselves off to Abba Yahuwah. And again, this is exactly what the enemy is looking for. So we're going to talk about what Ruach HaKodesh has revealed to me about how to not just set boundaries, but set them in a healthy way so that you still remain open to Abba Yahuwah, but you guard your heart at the same time. It's very natural that when we are traumatized, we tend to gravitate to other people that are traumatized. And while in that moment it might seem um, refreshing and reassuring and comforting to be around other people that get you, it's very damaging if those people are not emotionally, mentally, and spiritually mature or healthy because all they are going to do is amen the fear and sometimes even introduce more fear <laughs> into you because of the fear that they are probably experiencing um, from their trauma, so on and so forth. Now, before I go any further, I just want to remind anyone that is watching this podcast that I am not a psychologist. <laughs> I am a daughter of Abba Yahuwah and I am speaking the words that Ruach HaKodesh has revealed to me for my own personal life. So please do not take this as um, the end-all be-all and just run with it because <laughs> you need to seek Abba Yahuwah for yourself and allow Ruach HaKodesh to lead and guide you into all revelation and all truth on your own. But I am going to share with you what he said for me, because while it may, may not um, apply to everyone who hears this, it will apply to some. And if you are listening and it doesn't apply to you, it may very well apply to someone that you know. So this is just out there. I do believe that he will lead whoever is meant to hear this podcast, this particular episode to this episode and we're just going to let him do what he does best. 
So I had mentioned that in the past I was naive and too trusting and delusional. And what I realized was I had formed trauma bonds with a lot of the people in my life that had been used by the enemy to traumatize me. And so what a trauma bond is, it is an attachment and that the abused person feels for the abuser, specifically in a relationship with a cyclical pattern of abuse. So the bond is, recre is created due to a cycle of abuse and positive reinforcement after each circumstance of abuse. And the abuser professes love, regret, and otherwise tries to make the relationship feel safe and needed for the abused person. Stockholm syndrome is usually birthed out of a trauma bond. And that is when someone feels love and compassion and even in some place in some cases the desire to protect nurture and um, defend their abuser um, <laughs> a very good example of this that was in our childhood I was born in 1983 so anyone around my age group whether a few years before me or a few years after me can relate to this particular movie um, Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Beauty and the Beast was actually a very bad movie. If you think about the subconscious psychological implications that it gave to us as a kid, like this, this beast, first of all, it's a beast. <laughs> he was a beast. Yes, I do understand that he used to be a man, but he was a beast when Belle met him. And he kept her captive in his um, mansion and then she wound up falling in love with him. And I mean, it's Stockholm syndrome. Like it's, can we really say that she loved him or was it just, you know, she had no other choice. <laughs> I'm just saying, just think about that for a second. But anyway, moving along. So there was one particular relationship that Abba had used to open my eyes to the tactics of the en enemy through this, um, through his submitted vessels. So yes, First and foremost, we have to remember that just like Abba Yahuwah has submitted vessels, so does Hasatan. He has submitted vessels as well. Some people don't realize they're submitted to him, but then there are some people that actually dedicate themselves to him the same way others dedicate themselves to Abba Yahuwah. The people that were in my life at the time that I was in that relationship were also in relationships of their own that were sustained through trauma bonding. So it doesn't make it a great place. It doesn't make it doesn't make it great for friendships either, I should say. But I had a choice to make. I could become angry, bitter, and distrusting like some of those who were around me at the time, or I could learn the lesson and submit myself to Yahuwah so his will be done in and through my life. So I think it's pretty obvious which one of those choices I made, which decision I made. So the former becoming an angry and bitter recluse would have resulted in further psychological, emotional, and spiritual trauma for myself and possibly those around me because we don't realize that when we are traumatized, we actually affect other people around us psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, and sometimes physically. Um, believe it or not, and this is not defending people that physically abuse other people or abuse other people in any type of way, but believe it or not, those people have been traumatized as well. And because their trauma went untreated for so long, now they are repeating the same pattern from their own trauma. 
So that would have opened me up to um, enter into more covenants with the enemy. People who choose this path are usually fearful of every relationship attachment resulting in commitment issues. They run off fear and tend to capitalize on their former abuse. So this is someone that has been traumatized and then like 10 years later, nothing has happened in 10 years, but 10 years later, they are still using that as an excuse. And you remember, um, the very first episode of this podcast, Child Let Go, was actually talking about that. You know, you have some people that love to be victims simply because it gets them attention. Not saying that they weren't victimized because their victimization could be very legitimate, but they love the attention they get from being a victim. So instead of healing and moving forward and growing and becoming healthy, they stay in this victimized state of mind so that they can get attention that way, which is a cry for help in and of itself. However, choosing to learn from my experiences and submit my heart to Abaya allowed me to enter into the restorative process thanks to Yahusha Hamashiach. Toda. Toda, my king. <laughs> Oddly enough, the Sefer, which is the written word of Yahuwah, actually tells us to set healthy, healthy boundaries. The problem is most people are so far submerged in their despair, they are blinded to the truth, i.e. they don't have eyes to see or ears to hear. So enter in Ruach HaKodesh. I'm so glad Ruach HaKodesh is my guide, my light, my comforter, because man, I'd be a hot, funky mess without him. <laughs> so here are some healthy boundaries according to Yah's word. Proverbs 4 and 23 says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. Psalm 73 and 26 says, my flesh and my heart fail, but Yahuwah is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Here's one that most of us should know, Romans 12 and 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of Yahuwah. So if we're not conformed to this world and we're transformed, I mean, the only way to get there is by setting up boundaries. Because <laughs> if you don't have any boundaries, you're just going to go, you're going to let any and everything in, and you're going to go with anything, and then you're going to be destroyed. Like I almost was. Matthew 7 and 6 says, Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. That is so true. And finally, Joshua 1 and 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For when no, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So meditating is very important to meditate on Yahuwah's written word and then on every word that proceeded forth out of um, his mouth via Ruach HaKodesh for you individually. So his Rhema and his Logos, his Logos being his written word, his Rhema being his um current commands that he's giving to you individually via Ruach HaKodesh. Because when you meditate on these things, it keeps your mind from wandering into enemy territory, if you know what I'm saying. So it's another way for you to guard your heart because Hebraically, the heart is actually the mind. Okay. So let's just keep that, um, keep that, <laughs> meditate on that. That's a good way to say that. <laughs> 
So the good stuff, getting into the good stuff. Not that Abba Yahuwah's word isn't good, but you guys know what I mean. So how do we set these boundaries? The short of it, spend time as much as you can in the presence of Yahuwah. I cannot stress that enough because again, the more time you're spending with him, the less time you're spending with the enemy and the enemy cannot dwell in the presence of Yahuwah like that. Sin cannot exist in his presence like that, which is why we have to be covered by the blood of Yahusha in the first place to for even for us to be in communion with Yahuwah. So spend time with him as much as possible. Every pos every passing second of the day that you are able to, you know, sometimes I'm at work and for the most part, I'm usually by myself with the job that I do. But on occasion, you know, a coworker or a guest might walk up and they might catch me talking to myself, but it's not really me talking to myself. I be in there talking to Yahuwah. I be in there talking to my father because I'm like, shoot, what better time to talk to him than when I'm at work and I'm doing a repetitive job. Like my job is very repetitive. So while I'm in there consistently going, doing the same thing over and over and over again for almost eight hours a day, why not have a conversation with him? You know, meditate on things that he's saying, ask him questions, do all this. So yeah i mean anybody could do that it's it's really we make it harder than it needs to be i mean sure we can set aside times of the day to do it and whatnot but we make it into this we make it so much harder than it needs to be <laughs> yahusha shed his blood for us so that we could go before the throne at any time anywhere because we need that <laughs> So speaking of communion, there was a revelation that Ruach HaKodesh had given me towards the end of 2021. And that was the revelation of the three parts of the Sefer. We know that there, the Sefer is broken up into two parts by man, the old and the new covenant. However, it's actually broken up into three parts. You have the old covenant, you have the Brit Hadashah, which is the new covenant, but that's broken up into two parts. You have the Besorah or the Gospels of Yahushua HaMashiach, and then you have the Epistles which was written by the apostles. And the way Ruach HaKodesh explained this to me was because Yahushua used to say, well, he said, we saw that he said in the gospels that he came in the name of his father. So name in Hebrew, Hebraic, Hebraically name speaking in, is Shem. It's the Hebrew word Shem, which means nature and character. And even in the Greek in the New Testament or the New Covenant, the Greek word is onoma, which also means, well, it means character and authority. So, I mean, they're similar. So we could, it's safe to say that name means nature, character, and authority. So he's saying he came in the nature, character, and authority of his father. And the way we know that this is true is the Old Covenant displays the nature, character, and authority of the father. And then in the Gospels, we see the nature, character, and authority of Yahushua HaMashiach. And then in the Epistles, we see the nature and the character of the Apostles given to them, delegated to them by Yahushua HaMashiach. So they came in his name and Yahushua came in his father's name. So with that being said, we are to commune with him as much as possible. And communion is not just eating stale bread and drinking grape juice. It's much more than that. So in John chapter six, this is after he had fed the 5,000 men with the uh, five loaves of bread and the two fish. And then he had walked on water and then he was letting them know that he was the bread of life because they were talking about, well, you know, 
Um, our ancestors in the wilderness were fed by the manna that came down from the Shamayim and so on and so forth. And he said, I am the bread of life. And then later on, he just plainly comes out and is, is, says to them, like, you have to eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. And they were like, ooh, this is a hard saying. Who can follow it? But they still weren't grasping what it was that he was saying. I mean, he was not talking about cannibalism and he definitely wasn't talking about an afternoon snack either. What he was talking about was what I had mentioned earlier. So in John 1 and 1, we we see that Yahusha Hamashiach is the word of Yahuwah in the flesh. In the beginning was the word and the word was with Yahuwah and the word was Yahuwah. He was with Yahuwah in the beginning. So we know that Yahusha Hamashiach is literally the manifested word of Yahuwah in the flesh. Okay. But you remember when I mentioned Rhema and Logos. So when we eat his flesh, we're actually eating the word. Okay. Because he is the word. We're eating the word. So he's telling you right there, you have to spend time reading his written word and also in his Rhema word which is every commandment that Ruach HaKodesh gives to you personally, okay? So then when it talks about him, uh, when he says that we're supposed to drink of his blood, he's talking about the suffering that he went through. We are supposed to drink the same cup of suffering that he went to. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he asked Yahuwah to take this cup from him. And he said, then he turned around and said, but if it be not your will, then, you know, basically he's like, you know, hey, if you could take this from me, do it, but let it be your will and not mine. But he asked him to take this cup from me. Even the sons of Zebedee, their mother asked Yahusha if her sons could sit at the right and the, and the left hand of Yahusha. And he's like, that's not for me to decide, but can they drink of this, you know, cup that I'm about to drink of? He was talking about the cup of suffering. So anytime we suffer for the sake of Yahusha Hamashiach, and every time we are reading his word and obeying, obeying his rhema word, we are communing with him. So let's go. Um, it says, this is Luke 22 and 19. And it says, and he took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. So most people remember these to be his last spoken words before he was um, arrested by the religious leaders. The reason why, um, and I know you're probably wondering, well, how does this have to relate to boundaries? I'm getting there. Just bear with me. <laughs> this is all necessary, I promise you. So religion actually causes us to misinterpret any and every word that we are given, whether it be written or rhema by Yahuwah. Because again, anytime we have First of all, in the Christian church, it is first Sunday. Well, at the, what we call the last supper, which it wasn't, it was just a Seder meal. But during that meal, Yahushua told his Talmudim, his disciples, he said, do this in remembrance of me. So every time you remember the suffering that he went through for your sake or for our sake, and every time you read of his word and you receive a commandment via Ruach HaKodesh, that you're, you're to commune with him in remembrance of him. You're never supposed to celebrate his birth. We celebrate his death, burial, and resurrection because that is what set us free, not his birth. He was born to die. But um, getting off <laughs> subject with that one, 
So anyway, getting back to um, John or Yehukanon 6, um, that's actually verses 29 to 59 if you want to go and read it for yourself. Yahushua was telling his Talmudim to eat of the word of Yahuwah and accept his blood sacrifice of being hung on the tree for our salvation, i.e. submit to his name or his nature, character, and authority. This is how you commune with Yahushua HaMashiach and this is how you set and maintain healthy boundaries. So you see how I tied that together? That's where I was going with it. <laughs> that is how you set and maintain healthy boundaries. If you are not communing with your savior, okay? If you are not communing with your king, you will succumb to the wiles of the enemy. You can't, you cannot, um, you cannot endure the enemy without Yahushua HaMashiach. And many of us are trying to do it un awares by not setting boundaries. And that was my issue because I walked with him and I walked with him hard, but because I had no boundaries, I fell. So anyone that, who doesn't support your relationship with Yahusha should not be allowed to hold a place of influence in your life. So they shouldn't be in your inner circle first and foremost. And I think that Yahusha actually gives us, I mean, obviously it's a much deeper meaning as to why he had 12 Talmudim that he hand he handpicked, but I also feel like on a surface level type of thing, he's showing us that we do have an inner circle and we are supposed to bounce off of those people in our inner circle for um, comfort and edification and sometimes even rebuke and chastisement if it's necessary. But they shouldn't be people who don't truly support your relationship with Yahushua Mashiach Yahuwah and who don't have one themselves. <laughs> so you can deal with those people on the outside using discernment um, via Ruach HaKodesh. And you, know, you could still be in relation with these people, but they should not be close enough to you to damage your own relationship. And... I'm going to say this and then I'm going to start to close out because again, I don't want these to be super, super long. And, but one of the things, one of the revelations that Ruach HaKodesh spoke to me just yesterday, mind you. So a misconception that we have, especially in the Christian church that we're taught is number one, you don't question Abba Yahuwah. And then number two, you're just supposed to endure as much pain and trauma from people as you possibly can because Yahusha, well, in the Christian world, they call him Jesus because Jesus was this hippie that, you know, he just let people beat up on him emotionally and physically and spiritually. And then he just, you know, peace and love and hair grease. But that is a false image of the son of Abba Yahuwah, Zavao. Yahusha Hamashiach is powers. Okay, he is powers. So with that being said, first and foremost, there was nothing that anyone can say or do that could hurt him because he had mega discernment. <laughs> he already knew like, bruh, like my father has reassured, my father has affirmed me. Go back and read um, Matthew 3 verses 16 and 17. And this is when Yahushua is baptized and then he comes up out of the water and then the Holy Spirit or Ruach HaKodesh in the form of the dove comes and sits on him. And then there's a voice that says, this is my son of whom, of whom I am well pleased. He had the affirmation of his father. So it didn't matter what anybody else said. But even though he had that, we have to understand that in his flesh suit that he came in, 
he showed us how to walk it out. Like he literally was like, yo, this is how you do it. I'm giving you my authority, my nature and my character. We are supposed to be, you know how it says we are supposed to be new creatures in Mashiach. This is, or new creations in Mashiach. This is exactly what he's saying because we take on his nature, character and authority. So with that being said, he wasn't, he wasn't a pushover. He came in the name i.e. nature, character, and authority of his father. And we do know that in the written word of Yahuwah, it says that he gives people over to a reprobate mind. After a while, if you are talking to people and you're, you're being led of Ruach HaKodesh to speak to them, this, that, and the other, know in your heart you should still love them because even those that Yahuwah gives over to a reprobate mind, he still loves. He is love, okay? However, he also has wrath. He also has punishment. I mean, he is the ultimate powers. So, and just taking it a step further, the way I know that he still loves those people is because he still loves Hasatan. How do I know this? He would not tell us to love our enemies if he didn't still love his enemy. Otherwise, he would be a liar and a hypocrite. And that's simply just not who he is. He is not a man that he should lie. So with that being said, Ruach HaKodesh told me, he said, hand those people over. And I did. Instead of constantly trying to be that person in their life that just loved on them no matter what they did to me and loved on them no matter what they said about me and just loved on them, I still love them but I have moved on. I have released them. I have, I literally said, Abba, I commit these into your hands. And then I left. That's it. And in my heart, I love them. But he, he literally had to rebuke me and tell me that you're so focused on this group of people that I have a whole nother group of people that I have placed you in front of. And you're not really focused on them because you're still looking backwards. You're still looking backwards. It's okay to let go. Don't let go in an angry, bitter type of way, but let go knowing that you did all that you could and then hand them over to Abba Yahuwah. Because when you stay, you make yourself into their savior. And none of us, none of us can save not a person on this planet, not even ourselves. We are literally exalting ourselves into the place of Yahusha Hamashiach. So I'm going to leave you with that. And that is a boundary. That literally is a boundary. Being, having the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of when to stay and when to let go. As a matter of fact, <laughs> that made me think of Ecclesiastes where it talks about, you know, it's a time for everything underneath the sun. And sometimes it's time to stay and sometimes it's time to go, you know? So you have to submit yourself to Yahuwah and allow Ruach HaKodesh to guide you and when to do these things. But he will guide you to, into doing it with a pure heart. I'm not saying cussing folks out and being like, oh, I'm letting go of my haters and all that other stuff. That's bitter. That's anger. Let that go. Repent. Fall on your face because that's going to cause you to be tossed into the lake which burns with fire. Gehenna in the end. That's not going to damage anyone but yourself. Okay. But let it go. Pour out your heart to Abba Yahuwah so that he can give you a pure heart. He can cleanse you of all those feelings and those thoughts so that when you do separate yourself from those people and move on, you don't have to be bitter and angry and, and have like hidden things, hidden covenants, which... <laughs> That is a, an upcoming episode, Covenants. <laughs> but so you don't have any hidden covenants that you're unaware of that's keeping you tied 
to the kingdom of darkness, i.e. Babylon. So I, I want to leave you with this revelation that Ruach HaKadosh gave me. There are two kingdoms, okay? And there are two cities that represent those kingdoms. You have Babylon, which represents the kingdom of Hashatan. So anytime you hear about the world being spoken of, you hear it referenced as Babylon. But the, the city of Yahuwah is Yerushalayim. So we know that we go, we enter into the new Yerushalayim in Revelation, the Revelation of Yehusha HaMashiach, the book of Revelation. So there are two cities, two kingdoms, Babylon and Yerushalayim at war. And these podcast episodes are meant to tell you or instruct you or guide you into navigating through Babylon while be the citizen of Yerushalayim, if that makes any sense, because we have not yet taken our position in the new Yerushalayim. But you remember what Yahushua said to his Talmudim, I go before you to prepare a place for you. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not true, I would not have told you. The place that he is going before us to prepare for us is the new Yerushalayim. And that just goes back to the idea of the Hebraic way of marriage. And I'm not going to get into that in this podcast, but just understand it. You can look it up on your own. You can look up how Hebraic marriages went um, about. And one thing I will say is after the bridegroom found the woman that he wanted to wed, he would go away back to his father's house and he would build an extension onto his father's house for his bride. And then he would come back and get her. So our, our, our king and our savior literally is, that's the picture of what he's doing. So he went back to his father's house to build an extension onto his father's house, which will be the new Yerushalayim so that we have a place to dwell with him for all eternity. Okay, you guys, but in order to get there, you got to learn how to set healthy boundaries, healthy boundaries, walking away, going back to John 6. Last thing, I promise you, I know I keep saying last thing, but Ruach HaKadosh keeps speaking. So going back to John chapter 6, if Yahusha had become bitter, because after he said, eat of my blood, drink of my flesh, that's when like he had this multitude following him. And then it said that almost all of them turned away and stopped following him at, the, at that point. Then he looked at the 12 and he was like, are you going to you know, turn away from me too? And Kate was like, no, you got the words, which, you know, are whole life. And he was like, didn't I choose all of you and want to use a devil or want to use a snake, depending on the translation that you're um, reading from. So he basically, he understood that, you know, the people that whose heart weren't pure were not going to stick around. He wasn't expecting to have a mega church. <laughs> he wasn't expecting to have a mega church or called out assembly because I hate using that word church. It's a called out assembly. He knew that it was only a remnant. I mean, even when he healed the 10 lepers, only one came back. That's a 10th of the of the um, amount of men that he healed. He healed 10 and one came back. That's a 10th. That's a remnant. A remnant came back. He already knew that. He understood this from the get-go. So set your boundaries, set them in a healthy way. Understand that there won't be a lot of people around you. So you have to learn how to just be okay with that. <laughs> you have to learn. And the thing is, the less people that are around you, the more time you have to spend with Abiyahua. So I think he's better company anyway. <laughs> anyway, I love you guys. As always, if you want to get in contact with me, um, you can contact me at replenishme at gmail.com. 
R-I-P-L-E-N-I-S-H-N-E at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. You can send me a voice message on this podcast. Um, yeah. So <laughs> there you have it, folks. Set your boundaries. I hope that this made some type of sense. Um, <laughs> I hope it did. But most importantly, go back and read the um, scripture passages that was provided in this podcast and i'm not sure exactly how to do it but i will do my best to try to include them in the in the description of this video so that you can have that reference all right i love you guys as always um much shalom and ahav shalom alakim mm -hmm.